It's after ten. Let's begin. After ten. ten. <laughs> <laughs> he just made that one up on the fly, bubs. Thank you, babes. <clears throat> yeah. I'm thinking about writing a musical and having it performed on Broadway. It may be vaudeville. I don't know. Oh, vaudeville's gone. Oh. <laughs> when were you gonna tell me about this? Well, uh, that came up in the movie Gypsy that we're going to talk about later. That's true. Yeah. I'm curious, babes. Yep. We discussed the other day that your dad is visiting Washington State. Yeah. And we don't need to go back into all that, but you said that you were going to text your sister today, your older one, about this and see when, if they're going to come up and see you. Uh-huh. Or down. Down. Okay. Uh, did you do that when I was in the shower? No, I didn't because nice. I was um, I was uh getting things ready for what I was gonna wear and all that, um, uh fixing stuff around here. No, I was I didn't do that because we're gonna go and see Christian Wig pretty soon. Yeah, I'm excited about that. A little bit nervous, and I'm not gonna lie. I think it's kind of strange that this is like the one place in town. Outside of maybe a few old folks' homes that, that ha- require masks, but yeah, and and originally that was really the only complaint I had. Like, why do I have to wear another mask again? This is <laughs> ridiculous. Um, and I I <clears throat> I'm kind of nervous that they're going to they're going to ask us to do that. And mm-hmm. um, I have one already, but it's like it's two years already. Two yeah. years. Two years. I think everybody's pretty tired of covering their faces. I hear you, but we did get free tickets to this. I understand, but we didn't have to <laughs> go, go, go any. Uh, we didn't have to attend anything that had free tickets, really. No, but it's kind of cool. And I did appreciate that we did get it, though. Very nice of my friend. It, plus, it's another celebrity we can see that we saw perform. Yeah, I mean, well, at least a local one. Yeah. What do you mean a local She's one? She's a well, I'm She's sorry. She's a national I'm sorry. I'm sorry, she is. Yeah, you're Kristen right. Wick? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about your <clears throat> your friend. Oh, no, no, no. Because she's more uh, local. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, Kristen, Reg- Kristen Wig is a national celebrity, which I, I know that she is from SNL, but I'm not too familiar with her work. I Wikipedia'd her. She's been in a bunch of movies. Right, okay. Yeah. So it'll be a fun time. By the way, a little bit of a factoid. Yeah. Last night we watched a film directed by somebody who I saw perform live. Really? Yep. Perform is a strong term. Let's just address it right now. We watched JFK. Yeah. And in 96, I saw Oliver Stone speak at the uh, local film institute. That is pretty cool. It was pretty neat. So you saw him speak, you didn't see him perform. <laughs> you well, didn't see him direct. A speak is a as a form of performance. I understand. It might not be the same as directing a motion picture. But it was weird because U-Turn had just come out, I think, on Friday. Yep. If I'm remembering the timeline right, I saw him on Monday or Tuesday of the following week. And I don't think he even mentioned the movie. Really? Yeah, but he was talking a lot about a Martin Luther King film that he wanted to make at the time. And that never came to be, unfortunately. But he brought it up like a year or two ago when he was on Joe Rogan. Really? Yeah. Oh, huh. 
So he likes making historical films. He does. Oh, wow. Um, that's pretty cool. So, so he was talking, like, were, were teenagers welcome to this? Uh, obviously, because you went there. Yeah, it was, yeah, tickets were only like five bucks. And it was open to the public. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It was neat. He showed a, a student film that he made in college that was like 12 minutes long. Wow. I didn't really get the point of the film. Uh, it wasn't his best work, but it was interesting. Wow. Yeah. So that was his uh, beginning directing stuff. Correct. Plus, it was a great excuse to watch some of his movies before going and seeing this performance. So I watched Wall Street... Um, I think Scarface, mm -hmm. which he didn't direct, but he wrote. Yeah. What else did I see? Talk radio, U-Turn, and something else that's not coming to mind right now. Did you like U-Turn? I think U-Turn's a really underrated movie. Huh. Even though it has uh, the other J-Lo. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yes. But we'll get to him in a little while. J-Lo FK. Oh, my goodness. I have been reading more of this book on Cleopatra. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty interesting. Not a whole lot is known about her. There, you know, are some conflicting reports, but it's still a fascinating book because you learn a lot about Egypt. So in the film version... Caesar has these ships, uh, you know, set on fire near the mm -hmm. beginning of it. And yeah. the Library of Alexandria catches on fire. Uh -huh. Now, the Library of Alexandria, the way I understand it is there was actually two fires there. Oh, wow. Over, but I think they might have been separated by, like, centuries. Uh-huh. And it was considered this mecca for learning. Yeah. Which, in turn, uh, made Egypt considered renowned for intellectuals yeah you know during that time excuse me in the book they say it's speculated that this is when one of the fires happens well wow. but the author didn't say definitively for sure that that's when it did okay and it was common for brothers and sisters to get married back then which i think is super weird it is a little bit strange mm -hmm. a little bit it's very strange it's very strange <laughs> The journey from Egypt to Rome by sea took about 10 weeks. That's a long time. It is, but <clears throat> since it was so long ago, I was expecting to hear it would take like six months. Right. But it doesn't take that long. Wow. Yeah. It's a long time to be on a boat. I would agree with you. Yeah, I mean, even, I mean, I get it if, if you're if you're on a cruise, but they weren't even on a cruise, they were traveling. No, but you got to remember, she was the queen. Yeah. And maybe it's not like today, but for the time she was living in, she was traveling in what would be considered a luxury boat. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't like a, a sailboat. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they had artwork back then that was thousands of years old. Mm -hmm. So it was fascinating to read about. I would love to go to Egypt sometime. Wow. And just explore the area. Learn about King Tut. Yeah, and all the other rulers they've had. Uh, really learn about the Library of Alexandria. It's so tragic when we think of what was lost, uh -huh. you know, because just their index of books apparently mm -hmm. 
with something like 120 volumes. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. There's speculation that it had up to 500,000 books. The author says it was probably closer to 100,000. But I think I've even heard some people say it had like a million. Oh, wow. And they were rare books, too. So when the fire happened, they were like gone for good. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's too bad it was lost, babes. I know. But then again, I have to wonder how many of these books actually contained relevant information? Mm -hmm. And also, how many of them were written in languages that we just wouldn't understand? Because they weren't all Greek and Egyptian or Latin books. They were books from around the world. It's how I understand the situation. Hmm. Yeah. What do you think about this? Um, I don't know. Oh. It's uh, kind of overwhelming. <laughs> it's also interesting in how we continue so much of our language, at least in America, comes from those those ancient cultures. Like Miss A, her name comes from the Library of Alexandria. Mm -hmm. The Caesarean section. <laughs> comes from Caesarean, who was uh, uh, Cleopatra and Caesar's little boy. Yep. Caesarean. I believe. I believe. Yeah. We're only guesstimating it's, it's correct. The author also says that they used to worship crocodiles. Oh, wow. Which is kind of weird to me. I think it is too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Crocodiles, huh? So they think the, the crocodiles are um, sacred. Exactly. And so are cats. That's even weirder. Yeah. And... Cleopatra's family owned pretty much all of the land in Egypt. So they were super, super rich. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it would be good to be her in some extent back then. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure in some ways it kind of sucked. But overall, if you had a choice between being Cleopatra or being just like a regular citizen in Egypt, you'd probably want to be her. Yeah, I heard the... Um... Egyptian government government was pretty dictatorial mm -hmm. in how they ran things. That's what it's sounding like in the book. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fascinated by ancient cultures and what they were able to come up with, but what they didn't know. What they contributed. Yeah. Do you think, babes, yep. you know, you don't believe in global warming, so... We don't have to, according to Jayla, we don't have to worry about the species going extinct from that. My question for you, uh -huh. do you believe that in 10,000 years, humans will be talking about America and what it used to be? Well, the question would be, uh, the question I would have is, is anyone going to be around in 10,000 years? I don't know. Oh, really? Well, what I mean is, is the world going to be different in 10,000 years and people are going to talk, be talking about it? I do not know. Mm. I can't tell you. Yeah. That's something I can't answer. It's a rhetorical question in my in my view. Of course. I can't answer that. Oh. I have no idea. I can't predict I can't uh foresee the future. Presumably YouTube won't last forever. And No, the social media things won't last forever. Well, but the reason specifically YouTube is because it's a place for people to store videos. Mm -hmm. So yeah, in some ways YouTube is a social media site. But I think of it also as a way to, like, archive our society. Yep. Not just what you're personally feeling. Yep. And I wonder if people will talk about YouTube like we talk about the Library of Alexandria. Maybe in 50 years, if, if uh, 
you know, you know, if things are the same in 50 years, it, the same meaning, you know, if we have uh, what we have as far as technology or if it's even advanced, um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking more like thousands of years from now. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't even, yeah, I don't know. Oh, I wish we had YouTube back then, you know, like I, a couple thousand years ago. Wouldn't that have been cool? If we were alive a thousand years ago. No, but I mean, if we had it and it just like lasted through the ages I, and we could look at like Benjamin Franklin delivering speeches or hear your girl Cleopatra talk. My girl? Well, yeah. I don't know this lady. Oh? Why do you keep doing that? Because I love my jewel. That's not an answer. Okay. okay <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess. I mean, things change over the years and... I don't know how that would be feasible, but it would be cool if we had YouTube. But and it lasted yeah. through the ages. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's only been around for seventeen years. I know, babes. I know. In some ways, I think of what we've been robbed of, and meaning we like our societies, right? Because we didn't have recording technology back in the day. But in other ways, I think it's so fortunate that we do live in a time where we're able to record people, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, like the Lomax family, yeah. we are able to hear what they have recorded, even if it's kind of grainy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we're, we're able to read it. We're, we're able to read about some of the things that they recorded. And who knows <laughs> how far back those songs go because they're very tribal. They could go back tens of thousands of years. Yeah. You know. Um, have you ever read anything by Joseph Campbell? No. He did a series of interviews with, maybe it was this one, but it stretched over uh, several nights, with uh, Bill Moyers. And they released it as a book called The Power of Myth. So he talks a lot about how, you know, it's weird that the idea of gods or a god keeps popping up in society. It's also interesting that we have there's stories that keep repeating, like the Great Flood. It's in in the biblical world, but it's also they talk about it in Indian literature. Do and, they even talk about things like Bigfoot? Ah, uh, you know what? I'm not sure. It's been so long since I've checked it out. Because people have been questioning. Well, did anybody have a sighting of Bigfoot? Which I'm thinking is like this gigantic creature with big feet. Well, they're thinking more of like, it's like a half man, half bear type of thing. Yeah. From my understanding. Yeah. Not just somebody with really huge feet. But you know what I mean? I hear you. A a very strange, like looking creature. But the overall theme in my view is that why is it that these cultures, similar stories are passed down through the generations, even if they're continents away. And that would, if you're somebody who believes in God, that could leave you to believe that um, there, there is this like innate higher power that reveals itself in different ways to different people. Like it would have ties to that. Yeah. It would be uh, connected to different beliefs. Exactly. Belief systems. <clears throat> huh. Oh, I never thought of it that way. There we go there. Jay, well, I have a question for you. 
Uh oh. You know, we are, we are on a time constraint. You know that, right? We have to end in two minutes. No, not two minutes. Okay, good. We have other things to talk about, but. Yes. Now, you, I assume, are aware that many things in Christianity were adopted uh, from paganism. Um, no, not, well, okay, I, I, um, yeah, it's funny that you bring that up, because, well, ask the question first, and I'll try to answer it, because, okay, I don't know that that's true, but go on. We could go through, there's many things, we don't have to break them all down here. I know you don't believe in paganism, but have you ever considered reading some books about the history of it, just to maybe help you understand your own religion better? I don't know, but you know, it's funny that you bring it up because I was listening to a program and there was this guy that was talking about um, history, um, historical things about Christmas. Mm -hmm. And they're actually Christmas myths about Christmas myths. And one of the Christmas myths about Christmas myths is that the Christmas tree is a pagan symbol and it actually isn't. Just like like we, like we um, some people think it's actually not. Um, there's actually a lot of religious uh, symbolism to it. I have to look it up. Um, there's also, um, I, um, I forgot what the name of the book was. I'm sorry. I, I forgot what the name of the book was. I have to, um, look at the program's podcast to find it, but it was kind of interesting because, uh, the way that, um, um, the Christmas tree and mistletoe and things of that sort. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, that was just, that was from paganism. But I don't know if that's actually true anymore. I, I haven't heard the Christmas tree, but of course there's a lot of things connected to Christmas and, that are related and, to paganism. Um, and then there are some people that think that candy canes were from paganism. I don't know if that's true either. Um, but apparently, according to this guy, um, so, the, so the person on the, on the uh, program that I was watching um, did a lot of history on the the historical um the historical things about um christmas traditions rather not not the holiday itself but christmas christmas traditions and um i want to find the book and and read it because um i personally don't think there's anything wrong with christmas trees or candy canes or wreaths on doors um i i just i just think it's a part of tradition right but well, and there's also Santa Claus. I don't know where the idea comes from, but I know. Oh, I know. It came from, uh, it was based on a man named Thomas Nash. Okay. But I know the imagery of Santa Claus was heavily influenced by the Amamita Mascara Mushroom. And I hope I'm pronouncing that mascara right. Mascara Mushroom? Yeah. It's like a red and white mushroom. Um, and that's where the idea of like the modern day suit for Santa Claus comes from. Is from Anamida Mascara. And apparently if you go to Italy... There's all these ancient drawings of Adam and Eve with a bunch of mushrooms around them. Yeah, that, that's... In these, like, ancient museums. Yeah, it's weird. See, and we also know that paganism... I mean, I've all, I, I didn't hear about the Christmas tree, but I've known the thing about the mistletoe is, like, an earth fertility ritual. Um, and earth I... fertility is connected to paganism. Yeah, but I want to I want to read the book because if 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 this author knows something else about mistletoe that I because I don't really know much about mistletoe, um, a lot of a lot of people um, 
I think you did tell me about the earth fertility thing and, and mistletoe and that's why people kiss under it. But I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily true because I, I want to read this book and, and uh, kind of make my own decision about this. Right. But we, the, one of the things we do know for sure is the reason we celebrate Jesus's birthday on the 25th is to get more pagans into the religion no, that, because it was followed by solstice. No, that's not right. I think that was written by a pagan. <laughs> well, there is one thing. There is a pagan symbol that is absolutely true, and it doesn't have to do with Christmas, but it has to do something with Easter. Yeah. And um, so the Easter egg, and I don't, I don't know um, when that got popular, but it had to do with this, um, this, um, this god named Ishtar, and. I think the egg had to do with some fertility. Something I forgot what it was, but it was weird how um, e the egg um, got into this, the Easter celebrations along with the bunnies. So, so even you would concede that paganism did have an influence on Christianity. And maybe um, not to the extent that everybody else Well, thinks. as far as the commercialism goes, um, in some ways it did, yes. And but I think in other ways, um, the commercialism may may not may 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 I can't say it. The commercialism um, maybe not, but in other ways it has. Yes. And then we go have to go back to our central question: Would you ever considering ever studying some pagan texts or checking out some pagan history books just to help you get a better understanding of your own? Like you could go to the source instead of going to a philosopher who is alive now, you could go to some pagan history books that were written hundreds of years ago and see how they correspond to Christianity and some of the symbolism. Um, I don't know. Oh. I'm not sure if I'm, I, I'm not sure if I will. Oh. That might be something, but I don't know. Yeah. By the way, I'm not the hugest fan of paganism either. I think a lot of it is... Um, women who are overly feminized or women who feel oppressed like to join paganism so they get to feel special. And yeah, and men join it uh, if they want to kind of like feel oppressed, but in, in a different form than Christianity. So, but I do recognize its influence over other religions. And so in that aspect, I think it's interesting to study. And I would be willing to study Or maybe some. paganism has tried to take from Christianity instead of the other way around. Well, paganism know. we know was around before, and it was a, re a religion of ancient Rome uh, before Jesus. Um, so I'd be willing to study some paganism. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's something I have to think about. It, it, it sounds... Um, yeah, it sounds interesting. Uh-oh. What? No, I'm just saying... Yeah, and who knows, maybe I'll be dating J-Wool Pagan. No. Okay. I'm not going to become a pagan anytime soon. Okay, that's next year then. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, I love you, babes. Okay. Okay. I love you. I love you. No, I'm not really. <laughs> um, really quick before we talk about the movies, um, we had a really good dinner last night. We did. Now, moving on to the films. Hey, no. <laughs> no, just joking. No, we want to talk about what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so what happened was, last night, I put on the program Music Planet. Mm -hmm. And 
I think you're starting to enjoy the BBC a little bit more. Yeah, I, I, I liked Music Planet for sure when we watched it last night, but I really liked the episode of J to Z that we watched. Yeah, I thought you might. Mm-hmm. So we're listening to music. I'd like to say what I listen to when I make food because mm-hmm. I think of that as like the secret ingredient in a lot of ways. Yeah, and music is, is literally the soundtrack of our lives. Exactly. It is. I had seen a recipe earlier this week for Tuscan chicken. Never made it before. You bought a big value pack that had six breasts in it. Yep. And so we decided to make it on your skillet. It turned out so good. It turned um, out really good. We put um, we put some onion, some minced garlic. Um, we put some... Um, sun-dried tomatoes. Uh, sun-dried tomatoes, which really made the the whole meal just taste so good. Mm-hmm. Um, we put parm for the cream sauce and uh, heavy whipping cream. And that just gave it a mm, good, good creamy taste to it. Those two came in at the end. Yep. Um, oh, and we put like a whole entire tub of baby spinach. Yeah. And I'm very, very glad that she said in the video that it just pretty much wilts away into nothing. Well, I, I already knew that, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Because I've made a lot of things with spinach before. Yeah. Yeah. And and and, uh, and I was like, ah. Oh. You just have to give it like a minute or two because there's a lot of wick- liquid in spinach. So Yeah. Yeah. So um, she was saying that, oh, um, it, I know it's hard to move the spinach around in a pan, but we were working with my skillet and I was glad that it was uh, wide enough to hold that. All I did was like put it in there. Yeah. Like half of it at first, mm-hmm. waited like two minutes, kind it's kind of moving it around, and then put the rest of it in. And waited uh. another two minutes, and then put our heavy whooping cream and <laughs> our parm in there. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. So we started out, I cooked the chicken breasts. Mm-hmm. Then, well, okay, we chopped up everything. Yep. Poured the oil from... The sun-dried tomatoes in your skillet, Mm -hmm. cook the chicken breasts, then put in the onion, I think the garlic, and the sun-dried tomatoes, let those cook for a little while. Then I put in the spinach, let it wilt down, poured in the heavy whooping cream (laughs) and some parm, and then I put in the breasts. And I had to cook the breasts in like two batches. Yeah, yeah. And, and and we seasoned the breast with um salt, pepper, and Italian seasoning. Exactly. And um and then I I made uh, uh two cups of rice and it turned out really good. Yeah. The thing I don't like about your rice cooker, babes, yeah, is you can't really make a lot of rice in there at once. Well obviously not, it's a mini rice cooker. Oh I know, I know. I eventually I want to get a big one, but Mickey. I, you know, this is what I've got right now for one person. Yeah, it worked for me, Bobby. Huh? It worked for me, Bobby. Hey! <laughs> what? What? What are you making fun of me? No, I never would. Give me a kiss. Hey, I'm the one that was in charge of the life. I know. You went in the show. You well, no. You in the show. I never in the show. Okay. Mm. Where'd that come from? That comes from From Dusk Till Dawn. Oh, yeah. Where they're at the check-in on the border. And really, the sun was right. If we're gonna be honest, the dad should have spoken up, uh-huh. but it might it would have led to like a shootout though. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're not talking about from just till dawn, but we can. No, we don't. Okay. No, I, I I made it pretty clear I didn't care for the movie. 
I loved it, but we'll move on. Thank you. Yes. Now let's get on to the real movies we watched last night. <laughs> okay. First, let me ask you this. Yes. Are you going to start listening to BBC music when I'm not around? Possibly. Okay. Very good. <laughs> you asked me that before. I know, but I always get these weird answers. Why? I don't know. And you have episode to take the floor on your hard drive. Yeah, I know. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I I said that I should. I, nice. You know, what, what did I, what answers did I give that were weird? I don't know. It's weird. Like, I'm glad I got you that hard drive, but in some ways, like, you never use it, though. Well, it doesn't mean I won't. Okay. I just, you know, really? <laughs> Ow, your nails hurt. Oh, sorry, babes. Fuck. All right, give me a guess. Stop give it. Guess. Give me a guess. All right. Um, from Dust to Dawn has a connection to JFK. And the connection is this. Okay. Quentin Tarantino is a young writer and sells the script for, I want to say he sold the script for From Dust Till Dawn first, even though it got made later. Uh-huh. And I believe the second script he sold was either for True Romance or for Natural Born Killers, directed by Oliver Stone. And if you know anything about his feelings in Natural Born Killers, mm-hmm. Tarantino hates that movie. Wow. With a passion. He thinks that Oliver Stone just bastardized his script. I happen to think it's a great movie, but I could see from Tarantino's perspective why he feels that way. Because Natural Born Killers is really just a dark comedy. Uh Uh-huh. Because the violence is just so over the top. Yeah. But I think he thought it should be a little bit more darker in tone. In other words, like a um like um more serious. More serious, yeah. Yeah, so that's the connection. But wow. I don't know what that has to do with JFK. Let's, well, let's, what what does it have to do with JFK? Well let's uh because Oliver Stone directed that and Natural Born Killers. Well you could have just said that Oliver Stone directed both movies and that would be it. Uh oh. <laughs> You have to go into this whole explanation about Quentin Tarantino and how he hated natural born killers. Do you want to give the overview to this movie? No, I I think you should. All right, cool. So, starts now. We watched the audio descriptive version we of did, it. Did yeah. And to be honest, I don't think the audio descriptive description was as good as it could have been. There, there should have been more. Honestly, yes. Yeah. Uh, but having said that, let's talk about what we can. Shows footage of John Kennedy, you know, running for office. It, it starts off with the famous Eisenhower military industrial complex speech, which I know a lot of people love. Mm-hmm. And you've seen that, right? Um, I believe I heard it, but I don't believe I um, heard. Um, I don't believe I heard it. No. It's on YouTube. Okay. I would I would recommend that you check that out. Okay. Then it goes into JFK running for president, getting elected, Bay of Pigs, planning to go to Dallas, and then the assassination. Yeah. After that, the focus shifts to Jim Garrison, who was was he a district attorney in Louisiana? Um, 
I believe he was. It didn't really say. I don't know it a whole say, lot I thought about maybe he might have been a him. detective. Something like that. Yeah, but I'm not sure. He was. He had to do. He he had ties to the court system, and I, I'm not quite sure actually. He might have been a detective or a a DA. Yeah. In any event, he decides that he wants to find out about what's going on with the man they captured, Lee Harvey Oswald. Yep. So he gets his team on the case, and spoiler alert. Lee Harvey Oswald uh, got killed two days later by Jack Ruby. Yep. Jack Ruby was a bar owner who... It was basically like a strip club from what I understand. Mm -hmm. But his bar was frequented by a lot of cops. Mm -hmm. They would go there a lot. And so because of that, when Jack Ruby... This isn't said in the movie, but it's implied. And I've read it in other places. When Jack Ruby goes to see... What's going on with Oswald? Nobody really thinks it's a big deal, mm-hmm. and then until he shoots him and kills him mm-hmm. on live TV, yeah. this was being broadcast live from the way I understand it. Wow, you got to see him killed on TV. Wow, really? Yeah. Um, Ruby goes to prison. It fast forwards like three years, and Jim Garrison is obsessed with finding out what won't. On with this thing and connecting all the pieces. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that here that goes on. Mm-hmm. I want to keep it kind of vague for a couple of different reasons. One, it is a film, so it's kind of it's even though Oliver Stone tried to convey some facts, it is fictitious. Two, if you've studied the JFK thing, there's mm-hmm. so many different weird rabbit holes you could go down. Yeah, that. You could just get lost in the minutia of everything. I have not done that. I'm thinking maybe I should because there's so many conspiracy theories that people have. Yes. The Cubans were involved or... uh, Johnson. Or Johnson was involved or um, these two guys were involved. Um, Yeah, it was weird stuff like that. Suffice it to say that... Jim doesn't believe in the popular narrative that Oswald shot Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And he, through a series of events, starts to believe that a, a local businessman, Shaw, Clay Shaw, Clay yeah. Shaw had something to do with it. And yeah. he wants to find out more. Now, this is taking a huge toll on his marriage because he's not really present. For for his kids or his wife. Yep. And at some point, the media starts doing these hit pieces on him. Mm -hmm. So there's like this special report talking about how Jim Garrison has these nutty ideas. And he's trying to drug people and coerce them to giving up information on Shaw. And the wife is like, I can't believe they're talking about you like this. At one point, they get a, a call at their house. Daughter gives some personal information. And and the, and the guy on the other line wants her to um, participate in a beauty contest. He doesn't that's, want that, but that's what he tells the daughter. That's what he tells the daughter, and she's all in. and Because he's uh, a little kid. And his wife is like, who's calling her house? And Garrison is very nonchalant about this. Like, don't worry, I'm sure it's nothing. She freaks out. She almost leaves with the kids. Almost leaves with the kids. 
he talks to all these different people, including Jack Ruby, um, which I don't know if he actually talked to him in real life or not. Yeah. At one point, Donald Sutherland gives this really interesting speech in the movie. Mm-hmm. I felt it maybe went on a little bit too long. It could have been shorter. And also, I a complaint I have about this movie is I think Oliver Stone overused music in it. Mm. I could have used a little bit less music. But it was a great speech. Mm-hmm. And in most other movies, it would have been the best monologue of that film. But to me, one of the things that takes the cake is near the end of the movie, they're prosecuting Shaw. Mm -hmm. And this is 1969. Garrison uh, shows this courtroom, the Zabruder film. Now, you got to understand something. We've, I mean, I've seen the Zabruder film, I don't know how many times now, right? What is that? The Zabruder film is the. So Abraham Zabruder, this is the way I understand it, was mm-hmm. a doctor in Dallas. Yeah. And he wanted to take his daughters to see the president. Yeah. He had just bought a little film camera. Yeah. The nurses at his office said, you know, you should really take this thing there and try it out. I mean, the pre- you're going to see the president today. Yeah. So he takes it. Shoot some footage, and it's of Kennedy in his final moments before he's shot. Yeah. And you don't hear audio. It's just visual because, you know, this is back in the day before regular citizens really had, like, modern did he film even cameras. Shoot, did he even shoot the part where he did get shot? I believe so. Wow. But you don't see the shooter in the video. Okay. So that happens. The FBI comes and takes the Zabruder film. And... Here's a little bit of trivia for you. Do you know who first saw, uh, showed the the Zabruder film to the American people? No. Two people. Dick Gregory, the comedian. Wow. And Gerardo Rivera. Really? Dick Gregory goes on the Gerardo Rivera show. Not the one he did in the 90s, but okay. like an earlier one. It might have right. even been a special. Okay. This was in like 73 or 74 and they saw the the Zabruder film to the national audience for the first time. Wow. Yeah. And so the trial and the movie takes place in 69 before anybody had seen it in the public eye. They show the footage. Kevin Costner, a.k.a. Jim Garrison, gives maybe a 20 to 25 minute speech. That was a really long one, but it was good. It was good. <laughs> and he's bringing up all these things like, well, this doesn't make sense. How... You know, and I never thought the magic bullet theory made sense. That's a that real thing. Didn't make any sense. That's at all. a real thing that wow. the Warren Commission said. I was wondering if that was real because I'm like, no way, a, 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 that bullet couldn't have done that much damage. No, and they accuse Arlen Specter of, you know, some of the shenanigans with the magic bullet, and that's true. He and he has, I know he's dead now, but in the mid two thousands, he was defending the magic bullet theory. Arlen Specter was. Okay. But anyways, enough about him. And he talks about that. He talks about how somebody got injured under a bridge not too far away, how there were all these witnesses who heard a second gunman at the grassy knoll. And he also goes point for point about, well, isn't it weird if Oswald just shot the president, why did he go and get a Coke before leaving the library? Uh-huh. And isn't it odd that they were all these cops found him 
at the Dallas movie theater. And supposedly right after he injured another cop and, you know, ran to the theater. He's like, the timeline doesn't make sense. None of this adds up if you really look at the evidence. And this was a trial against Shaw. Mm -hmm. He gives this eloquent speech. And at the end of it, Shaw's acquitted. Acquitted, yes. Yes. Yeah. Garrison talks to the media a little bit about how, you know, I'm still going to be looking into this case, even if I have to do it for the next 30 years. And they asked him if, uh, well, they're thinking about, um, they're, they're thinking about taking you off of, uh, or fi- or what is it, like forcing you to retire or something? Yeah, because he had to run for re-election, I think, yeah, which is why I think he was an attorney general, but yeah. I could be dead wrong. Well, he became a judge. Yeah, eventually he did. Yeah. So, um, but he, he really was, he really wanted to keep on this case. He died the year after this movie came out. Yeah. This is interesting on so many different levels. Now, obviously, Oliver Stone is a filmmaker. And I've heard people criticize this film. And one of their main points of contention is, well, some of the stuff in here is fictional. And to that, I would respond, well, yeah, it's not a documentary. And Oliver Stone is trying to make his arguments for things. So you should question what he says. And even if it was a documentary, you should. Yeah. At the same point, there's a lot of questions about the Kennedy assassination, which I don't think we're ever going to know the answer to. Right. Yeah. And there were some documents related to the Kennedy assassination that were supposed to be released like a year or two ago. And Joe Biden, like, signed something to basically say we're pushing back the release date of these documents. Wow. Which, and, and as old as Joe Biden was, he wasn't even in office when Kennedy was assassinated. And now oh, yeah. he has Alzheimer's. So it gives you yeah. an idea of how long ago it was. Yeah, it was very, yeah. So there's something there. There because is Because if it's just there. a lone gunman. What, what, you know, what, what would be, I mean, there's so, so many years have passed. Yeah. I think people have been wondering what's been going on. Yeah. And it makes you wonder. Kennedy is very complex because he came from a super rich family. Mm -hmm. His dad was a bootlegger. And yet... Like, in some ways, Kennedy is the establishment. Yeah. Right? Because not only did he come from a rich family, he held political office before he was president. And he's this beloved person. Uh-huh. But yet he was killed. Yeah. And a couple years later, his brother was murdered yep. when he was running for president. Two of them, yep. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Yep. So there's there's so much here to unpack. And I don't think that you and I have the expertise to do it. But I don't think so. What are your thoughts on the Kennedy assassination? Well, first of all, what were they before you saw this film? And what are your thoughts now? Um, I knew that there were some questions about it. Um, I started hearing more about the questions over the years, but I didn't really know a whole lot about it. Mm-hmm. I was just, you know, I just heard, well... They accused Lee Harvey Oswald. And I didn't even know about Jack Ruby until I think you mentioned his name. Oh, wow. I, I don't remember. Because you don't really study history. 
Well, I mean, I, I, I'm very rusty. I will admit that. Okay. Can you tell you? But you know that I. I'm... Okay, okay, okay. That's enough about me. Okay, enough about me, boo. But okay, well, well, give me your thoughts now then, okay. about the Kennedy assassination. Well, I mean, is it, I can understand why there's questions about it, because um, it's just it just seems like such a complex, a complex case, mm -hmm. and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It could have been any, it could have been, it, now that I think about it, it may have been anybody who killed, it could have been anybody who killed, who killed John F. Kennedy. I can't talk. Um, even though Lee, uh, people were saying that it was Lee Harvey Oswald, so I don't know. And it could have been both. Like, yeah. Oswald could have been a shooter and there could have been a second person. Yep, and that was also, and that was also questioned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They don't, the, the, some of the people, some people thought that he didn't act alone. So I don't know. Yeah. We may never know in our lifetime, to be honest, like you said. I don't think we will. And it is a little bit weird that Lee Harvey Oswald is killed on national TV mm -hmm. by somebody who knows a lot of the Dallas Police Department. Yeah. Before he can really give a lot of evidence. Mm -hmm. So and there's a bunch of different things here. There's like, well, what would have our country looked like had Kennedy lived? Yeah. Or not been shot at all. But also, what would things be like if he was assassinated like he was, mm -hmm. but if Lee Harvey Oswald would have been able to really give the information he had? Right. You know. Uh, would Johnson have stayed president? Right. Uh, so you know my thing. I don't think we'll ever see in this country a U.S. president, whether current or former, ever go to prison. That's not going to happen. Doesn't matter if it's Joe Biden or Trump. You will never, ever, ever see a U.S. president go to jail. Having said that, if it had come out that Johnson was involved in the assassination of Kennedy, mm -hmm. that would have been the exception to the rule. I think you're right. Yeah, and we don't know that that's the case, but it is interesting because he was killed in Johnson's home state. Mm -hmm. And Johnson had a lot of business ties. And from what I read, he was very unhappy being the vice president because he felt that he didn't have the power that he did when he was in the Senate. Right. And obviously, when you become president, you get a lot of power. Right. We also have to ask, babes, what does this say about the power of the presidency? If the commander-in-chief, the leader of the free world, can be killed by factions of their own government. And we don't know that that's the case, mm -hmm. but there's reason to believe that. Uh, I don't know that there's question. I don't know that we can even answer that question. Mm. It's, it's all, I mean, we have so many questions about the, assassina the assassination of John F. Kennedy. I just don't know if any of them are going to be answered. Especially since now, even today, the the government um, documents are sealed. Yeah. We're not going to know about this. And I think if there was... Unless somebody... Op uh, unless some unless something happens and I don't know. Now, you're going to be surprised by what I'm about to say. I think if there was a president who would have released the information on Kennedy, mm -hmm. there's two people who, who I think would have done it, but they mm -hmm. didn't. Mm -hmm. Bill Clinton or Donald Trump? Hmm. 
Um, and I actually think slightly more of a possibility with Trump that he would have released the information. You know what? I think you could be right about that. Because... Find a way to release it. Well, but here's the thing, too. It also protects him. Because if we knew definitively that the government had had an ex-president killed, then that kind of leaves it open like, well, we, the government's not going to go against Trump because, you know, there's a history there and he exposed it. And with Clinton, I think the reason he might have done it, but he ended up not doing it, was because everybody knows that he was obsessed with Kennedy when he was younger. To the point where, when he was a teenager, he met John Kennedy because he, he made a point of calling the White House and scheduling an appointment. Wow. You know that story, right? Like, there's a famous picture... I did not know that story. ...from around the time of the Cuban <clears throat> Missile Crisis, where it's... Um, Bill Clinton's class went to Washington, D.C., and it's it's him and Kennedy and his class in the same picture, and he's, like, a teenager at the time. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. And he tells that story. He doesn't hide this at all. Wow. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. So... Um, I think they were the only ones who would have released those documents and neither of them did. So, and, and it could have been, honestly, it could have been that one or both of them tried to, and they were just told, you don't have that authority. Mm-hmm. There's an old Bill Hicks joke and it's, it's, the humor doesn't hold up, but the idea is somebody runs as president and they say that they're going to do all these revolutionary things. So they get elected and they come in like two days later, they sit down and they're shown real footage of the Kennedy assassination. And then people representing the government look at the newly elected president and say, do you have any question questions for us? And the president says, yeah, what's my agenda? <laughs> Basically saying that, yeah, you can run and say whatever you want. But if we tell you what really happened to Kennedy, you'll fall in line like everybody else. Now, obviously, that's a joke by a comedian. But who knows how much of that is true? And it's so interesting to me how much of Kennedy has stayed in our popular culture throughout the decades. Mm -hmm. More than any other president, I think, who's passed away. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So you do want to read more about... It's, it's it's possible. It's just like it's just so complex. Yeah, I don't know if I want to go down a rabbit hole. See, I I, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. And despite what I said, I really haven't because it's yeah, so deep. It, it is. I mean, any. I mean, at, at this point, Lee Harvey Oswald could have done it with. Could have shot um, JFK with somebody. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it 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 could go either way, really. At this point. And in some ways, it's it says a lot about Kevin Costner that he would make this film because he's liberal now, but when he made JFK, he was pretty conservative. Um, so for him to take this role, to me, says something about his character. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know much about Kevin Costner, but. He, yeah. he was a hardcore Republican until like the mid to late 90s. Now he's like a centrist Democrat. Okay. Yeah. Um, really centrist because, you know, he voted for Joe Biden. But do you know who he really wanted to win the Democratic nomination? Who? Pete Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg? Yeah. So, it's it, babes, this is the weirdest oh, timing. That is weird. No, check out this timing. So, last night we um, 
we watch the JFK and Gypsy. Mm-hmm. And after you go to bed, I go on YouTube and TYT had just posted a video, I think from earlier this week, of them commenting because apparently Kevin Costner did an interview where he talked about his political beliefs. And they mentioned Pete Buttigieg? Yeah, which is like, okay, dude. Pete Buttigieg? You should have stayed a Republican. He's not very good at that, is he? Pete Buttigieg? Yeah. Of all people? That's who he wanted to. Wow. Become the next president. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Stick to acting. Yeah. Stick to acting, Don't talk about your political beliefs anymore. (laughs) Anyway. um, Back to the movie. Well, I think... I I don't... I don't really have a lot to comment on. It was just such a... uh, It was very good. I don't normally give movies a nine. Yeah. But this one deserved one. We just... I mean, I liked it a lot, but because of the music, I'd probably give it an eight and a half. The the reason why I gave it a nine is because it seemed like um there was a lot of uh effort into kind of making it somewhat accurate. Yeah, and it's based on two books. One of them Jim Garrison wrote and another by somebody else. And I forgot the other one. But they're both on Bard. Um Okay. It is it is eleven, by the way. Okay. What time is a rad coming? Twelve oh six to twelve thirty six. Why'd you have to have an uh, accent? Um that was my Jim Garrison impression. He didn't talk like that, did he? Oh, a little I, bit. I don't know. It wasn't that strong. That's a joke. Although I will say this really quick before we um talk about the next movie because we're kind of on a time. I just here. said I had two more questions for you. Okay, go 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 ahead. No, say your piece and then I'll ask you other questions. Well, it was interesting. It was a pretty um, it was a pretty big cast. I mean, Joe Joe Pesci was a uh, um was a uh, David Ferry, and he um he did pretty good actually. Yeah, Laurie Metcalf. Laurie Metcalf was Susie, the um, the DA. Kevin Bacon. I don't know what he did. He was in a Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Lots of other Clay people. Shaw. He was Clay Shaw. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was very well done. You got to remember, too, this was at the height of Oliver Stone's popularity as a director. Which brings me to one of my last questions. Okay. I'm assuming this is the first film you saw that Oliver Stone directed. It's possible I've seen other things, but I don't know. Does this film make you want to explore his filmography a little bit more? Or read any of his uh, books? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Maybe not. Interesting. I'm not sure. I'm not really like a film person like you are. Yeah, but, you know, we've explored other directors. I know. Uh, maybe that's a possibility. I I don't know. I... Uh, I don't know if Wall Street still holds up. I liked it when I saw it back in the 90s. But that might be one we could watch sometime. Okay. Yeah. Babes. Yep. You know this is coming. What? You gave it a nine. I did. You're going to be seeing family this week. I don't know if I'm going to see family this week. You could. (laughs) I'm not going to sell it to them. Okay, but could you in a universe? No. You... What? <laughs> you don't see recommending this film? No, 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 no. I would recommend it. I just don't need to sell it to them all the time. Oh. I think they would like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like it. No, Bubs. <laughs> no, 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 joke, Bubs. No, I don't. I, I, I just don't really um, think about selling stuff to people as far as what movies are really good. I yeah. just think you know, if you if you like it. Like, if I like it, I recommend it, but I'm not going to force him to watch it. I think, honestly, this film, even though I didn't like it as much as you, 
it's almost worth seeing just for Kevin Costner's monologue at the end. Right. And, and also Donald Sutherland's monologue was really good too. Even I though think that it one be went shorter. On, yeah, a, a little bit too long. His yeah. his monologue was still really powerful. I I think um I think Kevin Costner's was too long too because it it was very long but he had a lot to cover. He did. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, that speaks to like the craziness of Oliver Stone. You're going to release a mainstream movie about this very sensitive topic, and you're going to put like a 20 plus minute monologue in there. Yeah. Most people wouldn't do that. Right. Yeah. I don't think you can make this movie today and release it theatrically. Having said that, you might be able to do like a Netflix or HBO Max miniseries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I right, give me a kiss and then we'll talk about the next one. No, we don't do that. We don't do what? We don't usually do that between movies. Whoa, what's, do we? what's in it up there? Oh, my goodness. We do today there, Jay. Whoa. Really? Yeah, because it's about a dead president. Yes. J-Lo. Yeah. You wanted to see a film called Gypsy. Yep. And I'll be honest, I'm kind of thinking like, oh, okay, I guess we can watch it. But I wasn't really too excited about it. Mm-hmm. Having said that, this was a great movie. It was. And the only version of Gypsy that I saw was the 1993 TV movie version with um, with Bette Midler. Yeah. And I thought that was fun, but I didn't see the original one with Rosalind, uh, Rosalind Russell. Mm-hmm. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to give kind of a, um, a briefer synopsis, but it's based basically about. As they say in the Bible, keep it short. Oh my goodness! Sorry, go ahead. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna um, explain that part. Uh, <laughs> um, Rosalind Roz plays Russell. I'm sorry, not Roz. Rosalind Russell. I'm sorry. Um, she plays a woman named Rose uh, Holvik, and she's got two little girls named uh, Louise and June, and she's married. She's been married three times. And she wants one of uh, she wants both of her daughters to be in uh, vaudeville so badly that she is willing to do anything to get them into showbiz, so that they can be her cash cows pretty much mm-hmm. <clears throat> because they're poor. Yes, they're very poor, and she's not a very good uh, uh, caretaker of her car. <laughs> <laughs> Girls get out of here smoking, <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, you know, and they had uh, three dads come in and out of their life. And and so she gets in contact with a guy who calls himself Uncle Jocko and gets uh, the kids' opportunities to perform. Am I correct? It seems like that to me. Yes. So um, so basically, yeah, um, it's this whole story is about how Rose is... A very controlling mother and also very very selfish, but she thinks that she really puts her kids first, but she's really putting herself first. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, she tries to manipulate the kids by telling her about telling them about the dreams that she had. Like, hey, I've got this dream, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I had it last you. week. I didn't want to tell you. It was about this cow. Yeah, like that's near the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, but there was other dreams too. Mm-hmm. Um. And um, somewhere in all the midst of this, she gets together with Uncle jo- Uncle Jocko, aka Herbie, who um, who gets the gigs for the kids, but also um, sells candy mm-hmm. for a living. He sells chocolate. 
and um things are you know there she's she's making money off of june but then little june leaves the act and mary's very young at 13 never <laughs> comes back Yes. Which is unrealistic. Well, uh, actually, no. Actually, back then they did marry. They young. did marry super young. Yeah, yeah. And they were trying to get her back and get the cops in uh, to uh, get involved. <laughs> so all she has is Louise, and she tries to control her career. But even Louise didn't want to do anything like that. I mean, she tries to control how how old she gets because mm -hmm. uh, at one scene they have like ten candles on the cake and the. The guy working with them says, wait a minute, you had 10 candles last year. And, and the, the year, year before. before that. <laughs> so we we never know how old Louise is. I'm guessing she, at the time, she was a teenager. That's my thought. Yeah. Louise played by Natalie Wood. That's right. Yep. Yes. Nice. That is correct. Yes. So um, things go on and... Um, she kind of weasels her way into getting, um, Louise to perform or, or, or is trying to anyway. And Herbie really wants to marry her. We should say that this is at a burlesque house in Wisconsin. Yep. Yep. It's at a burlesque house and she's really worried because, you know, she's tried to shelter her kids and she knows what burlesque is about and, Louise doesn't seem to care. And she's like, yes, but this is what I want to do. Yeah. I don't want to be in vaudeville. Vaudeville is over. Yeah. By the way, Rose really wants the kids to perform in vaudeville. And this is, again, this is when vaudeville has already ended. I just said that. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you didn't say that how passionate Rose was about it. I know. Her. I was trying to explain it, but you interrupted me. Well, the good Lord uh, says. Uh, uh, let's get to that Sometimes. Later. Okay, go ahead. Get to that later. All right, all right. Um, after I give my synopsis, which is almost done. Um, so, Louise eventually grows a backbone. And this is after Herbie leaves her. Never to come back. So, she loses June. She loses Herbie. She's very close to losing Louise. And Louise says... Rose grows a backbone. Louise grows a backbone. I'm sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. That's what I said. All right. Go ahead. Ugh. Sorry. You said after Herbie left her, though. You said after Her Herbie left her, though. So you threw me off with that. Herbie left Rose. Okay, you didn't say it like that. I Go ahead. You know what I was talking about? Oh, uh, give me a kiss? No. All right, well, then tell the rest of the story. Uh, All right, give me a kiss. I really? love you, too. Keep going. You're not paying attention. Oh, I'm trying to. Okay, so... Louise basically said, this is my dream. You always wanted me to... Um, to fall, you know, you always wanted me to fall in line and and um, make your dream come true. But this is my dream, and I'm not going to let you take it away from me. Mm. And she replies by saying, "You need me, you need me," and and uh, very controlling and very manipulative woman. Mm -hmm. As crazy and funny as she is, she was very manipulative. But <laughs> at the end of the movie, she goes, "I had a dream last week. I didn't know it." I didn't want to tell you, but it was about a mother-daughter act. Yes. <laughs> and that was the end. Pretty much. I highly doubt that this film is historically accurate to the life of Gypsy Rose Lee. <laughs> um, and it's really a more of a film about her mom than right. it is about Gypsy Rose. Yeah. But for a movie, if you... 
that's probably playing very fast and loose with the facts. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed this. Like, I could see watching this again by myself. Yeah, there was a lot of funny things. And a lot of the funny things um, had to do with Rose because she was, like, super controlling. Yeah. Very um, selfish and self-centered. And even when she was dating Herbie, very self-centered. Like, she didn't, like, um, Herbie was like, um, what are you guys going to do in Seattle? And she's like, well, you know, we're, we're going to take care of things. Uh, Gina has to go to the dentist and Louise has to uh, get her tonsils out. And she thought that was actually taking care of her kids. Because she was sending the kids to Seattle originally. Yep. Yeah. To visit their grandpa. But Rose is very into the Bible and talking about God, too. I don't know if she was really into the Bible. She was one of those people that picked, you know, made stuff up. Oh, it's like, because she was talking about the needlework that Louise did for the costumes. Yeah. Because she made all the costumes. And she's like, well, you know what it, you know what it says in the Bible? An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And I'm like, that's not what it means. <laughs> or when, she's, when they're at the train station, she's like, oh, you know what they, God says? Good riddance to bad rubbish. <laughs> Well, and then she and then she makes a comment. Well, heaven help, helps those who help themselves, and I'm like, that's not true either. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then that one time where um, 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 Herbie said something um in front of the kids, and she's like, profanity in front of my babies. Get the Bible. Get the Bible. <laughs> she was great. She yeah. was just nutty. She's awesome in this film. She's a crazy person. <laughs> you know, it, I I think his girl Friday is better. Oh yeah. But this film is really good. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, I totally agree. His girl Friday is much better. But but this is a different movie, and it's very. It's not the same role that she played as Hildy in His Girl Friday. Yep. It's a. This movie stands on its own. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Does this movie make you want to read about the life of Gypsy Rosalie? Possibly. Mm. Possibly. And I had to I have to say in the movie in in the movie her name was supposed to be Ro, uh, Gypsy Rose Louise. Yes. And uh because uh her mom wanted Rose in the in her stage name. Mm-hmm. And he said, and then introducing Gypsy Rose Lee. It's like, it's Louise. <laughs> <laughs> so she just, she was very controlling, very domineering. Yeah. Overbearing, uh, funny, but there was something going on in her head. She likes a lot. She only likes Chinese food. Yeah. She steals silverware from restaurants. <laughs> what are those? <laughs> She only gives um, everybody one egg roll because yeah. she wants to eat all the egg rolls. There's a scene where they get hired to do an act, but they want four boys to be involved. And so the, she's like, we can get them here. And then somebody says, how are, how are we going to pay them? And she, her, she just quickly responds with an experience. With experience. Yeah, with experience. Yeah, they'll be paid in experience. And yeah. that's really funny. Yeah, it was. And eventually the, the boys left. Yes. Yeah. I'd give this film like an eight and a half. Yes, I would do. Really, really good stuff. Well done. Really funny. The 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 one with um Tessie Tora was kind of funny too. The stripper. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yes. And she said, Well, just judging by the way that she walks, she could be a really good stripper. <laughs> and the mom is, you know, horrified. Yep. Which I understand that. Um is good. Yeah. 
Natalie Wood was really good in this movie. She was. Yes. I think the only other thing I saw her in was Rebel Without a Cause. She was also in uh she was also in West Side Story, remember? Oh, uh, okay. I didn't really dig that movie though. It was overrated. I know, I liked it. Oh. But not my wig. That's right, she wasn't it. Yes. It's weird because they make the other lady uh, Rita Moreno, when they talk about the movie, they make it seem like Rita Moreno is the star, but she's like hardly in the movie. And Natalie Lee Wood is the one that you know falls in love and dies and all that stuff. Yeah. Or I guess she doesn't die, but her man dies. Yeah, Tony dies. Yeah. She's 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 Maria, and uh, Rita Moreno was um, Anita. Yeah, but they make it seem like oh the the uh, Rita Moreno film West Side Story, but that's really not the case if you've seen it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it sounded like, um, from what I've been hearing, that Natalie Wood was a really good actress. I can see that. Yeah. She's good in this movie. And there's some controversies about her death, too. Yes, there is. A lot of people think that Robert Wagner killed her. And, yeah, you know. because of the argument that they had. Mm -hmm. And uh, But they never they never saw her go into... Or they, I think they... I don't remember if anybody saw her go into the water, but it was assumed that she did. Christopher Walken was supposedly on the boat that night. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I heard. Oh. Well, good. Yes. Yes. Well, babes. Yes? Would you recommend this film to your family? If so, how do you sell it? How do you present the idea <laughs> to them of watching it? <laughs> I would say uh, mamas don't get too controlling with your kiddos oh no this is a, this is how controlling a mom can get she's like your quintessential controlling manipulative stage mom yes i mean but she was yeah i mean i mean she was willing to do pretty much anything she was even controlling the orchestra mm -hmm. she was kind of singing notes and uh having the orchestra follow her yeah and i'm like wow yes and she would say sing out louise <laughs> Yes, good stuff, babes. That was good. J-Lo. Yes. Do you plan to engage in any self-love exercises over the next few days? I don't think so. Oh? <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm, uh, I don't think, I don't think I'm going to, I don't think, I don't think I have anything planned in that area, but we'll see how it goes. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to see any family this week. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes i'm not sure how they're going to make it happen no because it is quite a ways from uh from washington to oregon depending on where you're going coming from and your dad's flying out sometime on wednesday yep yes yep Very good babes so uh i'm gonna send uh i'm gonna send a text i think today oh good and get back good 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 well babes maybe we should wrap this up okay and then go see Kristen Wiggy. Okay. okay. Bubs. What? No sound. All right, no sounds. That's what I said to you. What? Mm. <sighs> what? Honestly. Our lips just made a sound, by the way. Well, okay, no other sounds besides that. And when we're kissing? No, no. Bubs. What? You know what I meant. Oh, babes. <sighs> All right, J-Lo. Okay. Maybe we should wrap this up. Uh, this is good. We're going to call it JLO FK. Oh. All right. All right. <laughs> Actually, you told me you're going to do it. I thought, oh, that might that might be fun. There we go. Bye-bye. Bye-bye for now.